welcome to Cancer Conversations. I'm your host, Erica Matthews. I am a wife, mom, and wellness coach. I understand the trauma of getting a cancer diagnosis and the intense battle a person instantly steps into. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome adversity and how activating faith plays a key role in the outcomes we want to have. Each week, I will be bringing you education and inspiration, as well as interviews with other fellow warriors. Get ready to be empowered in your faith, mindset, and your health. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Cancer Conversations. I'm so excited for another episode. I've got another wonderful guest to introduce to you all. Her name is Lena Doe, and I actually just met her recently, and I'm excited to do a deep dive into her story because I haven't heard it all, and I know that you're going to be in for a treat, all of you who are listening in on her just I know it's been natural modalities and just relying on Jesus and I just know that you're going to be filled with hope as you listen to this episode so Lena welcome to the show hi Erica very nice to hear from you again and mm-hmm. I love your story thank you for being a very a great inspiration um to all of us I've learned a lot about you from you from your Aww. journey yeah well, I want to hear about your journey because I saw, you know, little bits and pieces, but I don't know the whole story. And of course, this podcast is all about hope and healing for people. So let's have you take us back to what your symptoms were and go from there. Sure, of course. So the journey started in May 2018, which is five and a half years ago with a lump, of course, in my breast. And so it took a month for the testings, including mammograms, ultrasounds, and biopsies, right? Of course. And I got diagnosed with invasive breast cancer in June 2018. And of course, you know, during that month of testings, I was full of um, in emotional stress because on one hand, I was hopeful that I wouldn't get it. But on the other hand, I was like, what if I would? Because mm-hmm. the word cancer, you know, you don't want to hear that in your life. So I didn't know anything about cancer. I just knew that it was a death sentence. Um, you would know that, hey, you're going to die soon if you don't, you know, it's a very terrible disease. That's what I knew then. And um, you're going to lose your hair. You're going to lose. You're going to look very sick. Um, it's going to be terrible. So I was scared. I was during that month. I was so scared. I was hopeful, but that hope was very little. I was scared. You know, it was just natural. So a month later, after the biopsy results came back, the doctor called me into her office and she sat me down and she said, Lena, you got cancer. So she gave me the paperwork and everything and, you know, the results, a copy of the results. And it shows on there that I got invasive breast cancer. Okay. And what stage was it when you got diagnosed? I did not know my stage because the next step, she said that it, she was my family doctor. I mean, of course, she's no longer my family doctor, but I'll I'll get to that point later. So she was my family doctor and she said that, you know, I have some referrals. I have some good doctors, you know, oncologists for you to follow up with so that they would, you know, do more tests and see what stage I was in and what treatments would be, you know, available for me. But I had some friends in the neighborhood that had gone through 
breast cancer themselves. So they introduced me, you know, some a few good doctors in town, and I decided to go with two doctors. They're very good, so I called them and I made appointments and everything. So the time it was around the fourth of July holiday. So I think because of that and also because of their schedule, I had to wait for two weeks for the first one, for the first appointment. I mean, for the for the first first appointment with one doctor, and three weeks for a, for a the first appointment with a second doctor with another doctor. So the wait time was about two or three weeks. So you know when you got the diagnosis of invasive breast cancer. I, I was so scared because the word cancer itself has already, you know, been scary, let alone the word invasive. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anything. I didn't know what to do. I was just hoping that, you know, I, I can find a way to kind of slow it down, you know, before my appointments. And because I learned the impression I learned from them was it would take me another month or maybe less than that, maybe three weeks or a month for my surgeries because I need to run more tests to see, you know, what treatments are available for me. But the possible treatment that was in the picture was the surgery and the chemo. So I just wanted to slow it down. And I don't know how to do it. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how to slow it down. But I Googled. You know, the Google was didn't do me good during the time, during the month of testings, because I was worried. I Googled about lump in my breast and, you know, I read all the scary, <laughs> you know, diagnosis by Google, yeah. but I got nowhere to go. So I got a Google again and on how to slow down the progression of the disease. And thanks to a friend of mine, she asked me to read the pathology. I wouldn't have read it without her suggestion. Mm. So when I read it, so I would suggest everyone to read your pathologies. If you got diagnosed with anything, not just cancer, with anything, you have to read your pathologies to understand what kind of disease and what kind of causes that you're dealing with. So that one opened my mind because Mm -hmm. it says on there that I got uh, hormone-driven cancer. And it shows 99% of estrogen and stuff like that, all the good stuff on there, very in details. So I'm like, okay, so on my Google search, I added the word hormone treatment. So that helps open another door. But for on the first day of starting to read and to research about how to slow it down, I prayed. And this is the, the most important part of my healing. <laughs> I prayed. I converted to be a Christian when I was 28 years old. So I should be considered new, you know, to Christianity. But my faith was very strong because I've been through a lot of challenges in my life. And thanks to the prayers, it gave me hope and strength. So this time as well, I prayed. The first day of me reading, I prayed God to shed the light on me for the Holy Spirit to guide me the way to do whatever it takes to fulfill his plans. So I don't know what his plans are for me, but if his plan is for me to die, to come home to him, that's an ultimate destination. And I would take it. So I was praying that God, please 
show me what to do. If you want me to be home with you, please show me how to do it. But if you want me to spend more time here with my loved ones, please also show me how to do it. Because I don't know. I, I'm lost. I don't know what to do, but I believe you know exactly what I should be doing. So I pray every day, and then I started to read. And you don't know how amazing it is for me. I hate reading. I hate reading, let me tell you. But you wouldn't imagine how amazing it was to me when I read and I, when I started to read and realized that, wow, your body could heal yourself. It, your body is a beautiful machine. It's, it's beautiful. The more I read, the more eye-opening I was, I became. Mm. So, so I read and I read of, and I came up, because I wanted to know why I got cancer in the first place. Yes. Especially the hormone-treatment cancer, because I was focused on the hormone-treatment cancer, because I didn't have time, right? I I got only two weeks. And plus, you know, three weeks for the photo test. I got only five weeks before my surgery because I thought at that time, I thought surgery was the answer. And the chemo treatments, those treatments would have been my answers. So I told myself that, hey, I got only five weeks to kind of slow it down, you know, while waiting for the treatments. So I didn't have time. So I was just focusing on my type of cancer, which is the hormone treatment one. And of course I prayed. And the more I read, the more it took me to the path of learning about myself, my body. And it, and I was curious about why I got cancer in the first place. And the more I read, the more I felt like I was a perfect candidate for it. Mm. I was a perfect candidate for it. You name it. So to me, I found out that there were like six, five or six main factors that causes cancer my type of cancer. And I was a perfect candidate for that. Can you speak on what those are? Yes. So the first thing is the diet. So I used to love fried food and everything and meat and all of that junk stuff. And that is one of them. And the second one is the emotional management, the emotional stress. And I was a perfect candidate for that too, because I am a people person. So I put people before me. So their worries are my worries. Their burdens are my burdens. I took people's problem into myself and deal with it myself. And I'm I'm still that person, but I know how to deal with it from a different standpoint so that it doesn't affect my emotion that much. And I know how to manage it now to the point where I don't let it affect my feelings and my emotion. Because if you got anger, you got frustrated, you got worries, you got stressed, your body would create something very bad that would thrive, that would fuel cancer Mm. or other chronic diseases. So that's two of them. The third one is the sun. The sun, because I was not, I did not get enough sun for myself because I was being, um, I did not enjoy the sun that much. But after learning about my body and the disease, I was like, I need to get more sun. So that's the third one. The fourth one is the sleep. And the sleep was, I did not get enough sleep. I, I went to bed very late, stuff like that. And also, you know, it's so amazing to go deep into those little details because I can tell you like for months of what I what I what I have lunch. I can go on 
for months about that because it kept amazing me. But I just make it short, like sleep. And the fifth one is to me is the environment. So we're living in the environment where you can see the product and, you know, you can see the bad products that you're dealing with. And also there's some factors that are invisible because you cannot see it. You don't see it. You don't feel it. But your body feels it. So, for example, the bad frequency of the Wi-Fi, of the 5G, because the Earth frequency The thriving frequency of the earth is only 8.7 hertz. And when your brain is working very hard, it could reach to 32 hertz. But the 5G, if you Google it, if you study about it, the frequency of the 5G is, I would say, 7 billion hertz. So imagine how your cells in the body have to deal with the suppression of the strong frequency like that. Mm. So over time, your cells could get damaged. So no matter how good your diet is, no matter how good your sleep is, how no matter how enough sun you get, your cells still get damaged because of that, those invisible factors. But overall, so people ask me, later on, people ask me, so how much the diet plays in the role of causing cancer and healing cancer? I would say a hundred. So it's not like, okay, so five factors, each one plays 20%. To me, five factors, each one plays 100%. Agreed. So (laughs) to you, you see, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, what I don't, particularly care for with the conventional care model because they don't address any of this. You know what I'm saying? If people want to go into chemo and radiation and all that, that's their prerogative. But I'm, you know, doctors need to be addressing these important factors instead of just treating the symptoms. You know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish, I wish, you know, we live in that society where, you know, doctors would help you heal instead of treat the problems. And when I said treating problems, I don't mean that treating the root cause because most of the things that I see, most of the people that I know, they're taking pills and medications to treat the symptoms, not the root cause. Yeah. So that's very sad. And also because a lot of people, they don't have the financial ability to do things that outside of whatever that are, that are covered by the insurance. So they would be very afraid and nervous about taking other paths because those are not covered by mm-hmm. the insurance. Mm-hmm. And the conventional treatments, they are mostly covered mm-hmm. by the insurance. Yeah. Exactly. And so I talked to a friend that I know, and she said, I know yeah, you're healing yourself naturally, but I can't afford um, that because the treatments that I'm having right now are covered. So that is very sad. Mm-hmm. That is very sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So you went on to identify these huge, you know, contributors to the cancer. Then what were your next steps? Like, how did you go to work healing these areas? Yeah. So like I told you earlier, like I said earlier, it kept amazing me of how much good information that I got. And on this, but I read extensively. 
like 12 hours a day. Mm. And uh, every day for weeks before my appointments, right? And the more I read, the more I feel like mm, I can do something about this mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. So I came across the a, a website by Chris Walk. I'm not sure if you. I think he's very well known and popular yeah. in the yep. cancer Chris world. Cancer. Yeah. <laughs> and I I enjoy the way he explained things and the way that that. His, you know, the people that he interviewed on his website that shows you. I mean, he he was my main inspiration. Of course, God was the the ultimate one, but I think he sent Chris <laughs> down to my path for me to see that hey, that this is an option too. You can do it. So the more I read, the more God led me to natural healing. So on the day before my appointment date, I called my oncologist. And cancel the appointment. So I did not. So back to your question about my stage. I did not know my stage. I just knew it was invasive breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I canceled her. And then I also called the second one, the other doctor, the the other oncologist and canceled that one as well. So I decided to keep reading and heal myself naturally. And so for the first Three months, it was hard because I wanted to try and because I didn't know much about about it, and you know, compared to what I know now. But I, I was learning and testing myself and applying on the protocol protocols on me at the same time. So that was very hard because you still learning and validating information and testing yourself. And so to see how your body reacts to the things that you newly introduced to them, to it. So it was very hard, but I decided to, you know, I thought about my, you know, it gave me the impression that, hey, our body is like a machine, like a phone. If your phone got viruses, the best thing you can do is either throw it away, you know, buy a new one or reset it to the factory setting. And of course, I cannot throw my body away and get a new one, right? So I got to reset it back to the factory setting, which is I decided to detox myself from all the bad stuff that I had accumulated for the past 45 years before I got diagnosed. So I got diagnosed when I was 45 years old. So for doing that, I decided to juice fast by not consuming only juice of the vegetables that carry the anti-cancer properties. So, and also the other reason for juicing is for me to overload myself. This is the quote that I copied from Chris. Uh So he said, you should overload yourself with vitamins and minerals because the diet, I mean, the normal regular food that people are consuming these days, they are fulfilling. They can make you full. They can make you feel good, but they don't really contain a lot of vitamins or minerals. Right. Because they are overcooked, they are overprocessed, and they are from the bad sources. So they don't contain a lot of vitamins and minerals. And the reason I choose was because I wanted to overload myself with the vitamins and minerals that I have missed for eating the bad stuff, mm. you know, for the past, you know, 45 years. <laughs> And then also to let my digestive system to rest so that my immune system can work better because during my study and my research, the only tool that I can use 
to hopefully heal myself was the immune system. So, and if, you know. (laughs) I believe this 100%. You're speaking my language totally, which is why I've done so well as well. Awesome. Awesome. Because if you know the root cause, if you know why you got cancer in the first place, that's where you address it the right place, you know, with the right way. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people would be like, oh, why me? God, why me? I would ask them the question, why not you? Okay. Because we contributed, our lifestyle contributed to the diseases that we're having. Yes. Yes. Of course, I'm not talking about accidents and stuff when you got broken bones and stuff. But of course, you know, of course that you contributed to that too. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just talking about cancer and other chronic diseases, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to ask yourself. And if you take respon- full responsibility in the things and in, in the disease that you are dealing with, you would go very far. Mm-hmm. You would go to the root causes. You would go to faith. You would go to hope, you would go to healing very far compared to others that who don't. So knowing the root cause of the problem is the key. But of course, you know, I could not have done all of that without God shedding the light on me. I feel like everything around me is dark. Imagine that. Everything, everyone, I mean, everything around me is is dark. And I just know and see, I was able to, see, I mean, I am able to see and, and know whatever God wants me to know and see. So we have to pray for God to shed the light on us to see what he wants us to see, to fulfill his plans. I was, I call cancer a blessing and people call me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, I lost a lot of friends over that <laughs> because mm-hmm. they thought I was crazy. And they don't even call me or say congratulations, mm-hmm. even though I'm still here five and a half years later. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I don't get congratulations from people for for still being here, you know, after five and a half years. So you know, I've seen and heard that happen many times with people because It's sort of like it's their way of controlling you because you didn't do treatment according to the way they thought you should do treatment. So then they cut you off or they, do you know what I'm saying? I've just seen that and heard that. Right, right. That's one scenario. But on the other hand, I was hoping that they somehow, even though they are still in the denial, denial mode or, or didn't say it out loud, but I'm still hoping that somehow they could see what God wanted me to share with them. Yeah. You know, through my Facebook post about how to eat right, how to think right, and how to manage your your emotional stress and stuff, mm-hmm. and how to address the root causes instead yeah. of, you know, tr- tr- treating the symptoms. So I'm still hoping that, you know, one way, one day, sooner or later, they would get inspired uh, and I don't need them to come to me and say, hey, Lena, thank you, you know, for inspiring me to do this. I just hope, I'm just hoping that they are doing it for themselves, mm-hmm. for their own sake. But on the other hand, if I was not successful and I, de- and I died, it, were, it was also a blessing because it was part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. So to me, either way, everything, I mean, everything happened to me was still considered a blessing. 
So, so, but for me to be here five and a half years later, after my diagnosis, I would like to share with people how amazing your body is, how amazing your immune system is, how amazing that the results could be if you change your concepts, if you change your lifestyle, if you change your thinking about diseases. And the most ultimate thing is praying. Mm -hmm. Because only praying, you know, when you pray, that means you place your hope and your faith in the hands of God. Yeah. That is when God could send the Holy Spirit to you and guide you the way. And I made a very nice cardboard for Chris. So when Chris came to Austin, Texas, with Dr. Kelly Turner, if you have heard of her, Radical Remission, the book that she wrote. Mm -hmm. So Chris came down to Austin with Dr. Kelly and Turner, and I came to just to say thank you to him, and I got a chance to hug him in person. And I was like, Chris, thank you so much. I made a cardboard with his name, and I stuck on some cowgirl boots and all that pictures on there and say thank you for being my inspiration. But I would not thank, I would not be able to thank enough God for showing me the way so that I can spend more time with my family because I'm okay for going home to God, but I don't want to see, I would want to see my parents and my loved ones going through the pain of losing me. Mm-hmm. Speaking of going home to God, I think this one helped me a lot in choosing the natural path. So when I was not afraid of, when I was praying, right? When I pray that God, please show me the way. If you wanted me to be home with to you, please show also show me the way for me to do things, you know, to fulfill that plan. That shows God that I was not afraid of death. Mm-hmm. No, And so... Because of that, can you imagine? So my doctors, she bullied me with phone calls and text messages and stuff, but she did not scare me at all for about about death because I was not afraid of death in the first place. Okay. <laughs> so that's so amazing. Oh, that is, that's incredible. Well, and I want to just camp there for a second and then we have to go back to your diet piece and, and juicing because I know a ton of people are going to want to know about that. But I think that is probably the biggest thing that people deal with. And I know I, I did, and I am still somewhat working through that a little bit of the fear of dying, even though I know I'm a child of God. I know this, you know, place on earth is just temporary. I know that, but you know, we get in our heads that, oh, we're going to live until we're at least 80 years old. Right. And so then when we're confronted with possibly no, that's not the case. You could lose your life and you're in your thirties or your forties. Then that's like, I think the biggest shock, right? Is, oh my gosh, it it wasn't supposed to look like this. It's no, I was going to live for another 20, 30, 40 years. And so you already, were you already in that place of like, I'm good because I have my salvation because you already were a believer or did you have to like work through things with the Lord? Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. That is so absolutely true. I was, because I I put my faith in God's hands. Absolutely. And 100%. So to me, whatever happens in this life is a blessing. Either you got a very beautiful house, 
or if even if you are homeless, it's a blessing to me because every piece of the puzzle, God has a very big, beautiful puzzle for each and every one of us. So if you go through a very dark piece of the puzzle, you know, and feeling lost and everything, but actually that was a very beautiful piece for that beautiful hair of a mermaid. And you didn't know that until you finished the puzzle. So to me, everything that happens in this life is a blessing. And speaking of that, well, let's go back to the statement that you just said that you were still, you know, like thought about dying in a different way. And I wouldn't blame you because you got a kid as I learned about you and because I don't have kids. So maybe that could be easier for me, you know, and I wouldn't blame you. And you got your loved ones, wait, you know, depending on you. So that's scary. That's scary to think about death. But think about it this way. We could have accidents and die like immediately, you know, but cancer, because they said, well, cancer, cancer is a death sentence. Actually, to me, it's a blessing because now you know when it's coming for an, for a sudden accident death. You don't know when it happens. Right. So at least now, you know, so that you can be prepared mm-hmm. Spiritual, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, everything for your loved ones, for yourself, for the faith of the salvation. Mm-hmm. So, so if you think about it that way, you would feel much better because anyone could get into a certain accident and die immediately on the street, like, like Paul Walker in Fast and Furious, right? Right. He wouldn't know, even no matter how good of his diet is, no matter how good his lifestyle is, like how healthy his lifestyle is, but we all could get into a certain depth. Mm-hmm. Out there, you know, but it's also a blessing because you know you would go home to to God, and that would be a, an ultimate place destination. But to me, cancer is a blessing in so many ways. Yeah. You get closer to God, but now at least you know what to prepare for mm-hmm. your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope that that would help you or other mothers who got kids who are dealing with cancer to look at cancer in a different, a little bit in a different way to motivate yourself to overcome the fear of dying because only when you fear blocks your train of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Fear blocks your logical, the logical thinking. Mm-hmm. 
So fear blocks all of that. Fear also suppresses the immune system. Yes. Fear can do a lot to you than you think. Those are the invisible kind of factors, right? That we don't really see it, but it's in you. It's it's attacking yourselves. It's attacking you, attacking your immune system. So, so I hope that my message today would help people with kids and that also dealing with cancer to think of cancer in a different way so that you can overcome the fear and think more logically about the root cause, about the relationship between you and God, and about the immune system to heal yourself better. Even though if you go through the conventional treatments, I respect your choice. Mm -hmm. I respect your choice because whatever God guides you to do, That's his plans Mm -hmm. because at the end you will, we will learn something out of it. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate goal. (laughs) So, but if you're going through chemo treatments and all of that, the conventional treatments, also please read and study about your type of cancer and your diseases, your chronic diseases. If you have pain that goes on and never goes away. And the only thing that, that could help with the pain is the pills Stop and think of the root cause of it. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, please, you know, you have to stop the fear. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to stop the fear to think logically. And for do, for thinking logically, you, you know, any problems in life, we have to find the root cause. Because a lot of people, they got addicted in mm-hmm. drugs, right? So if you just treat the symptoms by, hey, taking the drugs away from them, lock them up in a room with no drugs, that doesn't fix the root cause because as soon as they get out of the room, they would go for drugs. 100%. But but if you treat the root cause, you know, mostly the people, you know, the lifestyle that they chose and the childhood experiences, if you could address that, that would help them looking at drugs and looking at other stuff differently. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. that would give them the stronger mindset of dealing with stuff differently. Mm-hmm. So, my, yes. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I'm so glad you brought the whole fear thing up because natural healing or conventional way, whatever it is, it's just part of what we deal with in life. But throw in a cancer diagnosis, then it is like intensified. The fear is crazy. And I think it's probably one of the most important things to really get a hold of, you know, and that's the whole mindset work of like, you know, and a lot of people listening in, they might not know exactly how to do that. But for me, it's applying the word of God. I mean, the Bible says that fear has torment, but God's perfect love casts out fear. So for me, it's sitting in the presence of God. It's bathing in his love. And then it's feasting on his promises that he's given me of healing and of hope. And so I think each person needs to get their own system of how they're going to do this. But I love that you said that because it's not talked about, but we, the fear, it does break down the immune system. It, it is yes. tormenting. It It's, there's nothing good about fear. No, not at all. Not at all. Even in relationships, you know, if you fear about losing your loved one, I mean, your spouse, that fear would create insecurities. And that insecurities would affect the way you are around your spouse. So the fear is also a root cause 
of a lot of problems. Yes. Let alone cancer, let alone cancer. But in order to conquer that, in order to break that fear off of you, you need to have faith in something. Mm -hmm. I got faith in God. You could have faith in your God. You could have faith in your ability, but you have to got faith and confidence in something. Mm -hmm. And the more I pray, the more I believe God has plans for us, the less fear I got Mm -hmm. to the point I'm not fearful anymore. I'm not fearful. The first month during the testing part before my diagnosis, I was so stressed out. Yeah. I was fearful. I was, because you don't know, you was hoping that you don't, wouldn't get cancer, but what if you got cancer, you know? You would think of death and everything. It was so stressful. But starting on the day, the first day that I decided to let God guide me to deal with cancer, I got no fear at all. Mm. I got no fear at all. And I just love reading. Oh my gosh. I didn't even have time to break down except for one night. Mm. That one night, the third night after I got diagnosed, because the second, the, the, the first and the second night and days, I were busy reading. And of course, I never read that much before. So that that physically kind of overwhelmed. You know, I got physically overwhelmed. So on the third night, I broke into tears. Mm. I cried. I cried so badly. I mean, I cried like exactly like four or five minutes. That's Mm. it. And I I wiped my tears. And I think that crying was not because I was fearful. That crying was because my body got physically overwhelmed because of the reading thing and dealing... Because I didn't get the time to deal with the stress about cancer. The reading was taking over all of that. So my body didn't have time to process all of the cancer fear and everything after that one month of being stressful, right? So I think that five minute of crying on the third night was a release of all of the emotion stress Mm -hmm. that I got for the last one month. And the moment when I heard about my diagnosis, yeah, but only five minutes. And then I was like, no, I want to go back to reading because I loved reading. So I wiped my tears and I went back to reading mm. right away. I read and the more I read, oh my gosh, I've, I, you would be amazed of how much information that you could get that you, you hadn't got before. Mm-hmm. And you, you you could feel how amazing that feeling is. Mm-hmm. So, so yes. So fear is the root cause of everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And faith can take, can get you out of that. <laughs> yes. Well, I love just from what you've shared is that, you know, the bigger you made God, the less mm-hmm. fear had power and authority over you. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. If you, I could go 1000%, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm in agreement. Okay, so let's go back to, uh, I want to chat about detox because I'm huge into that, but I want to go into the juicing part uh, because I believe that that's a big part of this is diet. So when you talk about juicing, what did that look like for you? Would you do it like extensive, you know, days at a time or just add in like one juice a day? I did it for 75 days. And yes, 75 days, I lost 20 pounds. And the reason I decided to do 75 days was because I read somewhere that the cancer cell cycle 
goes every two months. So if you could, could starve the cycles for that two months, you know, they wouldn't, that, that would help with the growth of, you know, the cancer development. So, so I decided, okay, you know, why not 75 days instead of two months, just to make sure, you know, to give them some gaps to make sure, some cushion. So I decided to go 75 days. And I also came across the Gerson therapy, mm-hmm. the choosing, the Gerson choosing therapy. And I read about it and I actually, I did not follow any particular protocol, mm. but I got a pro- protocol of my own you know, after collecting all the informations and process it and made it my own. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I got a little bit of this protocol here and there, but what makes sense to me is how it could get your digestive system to rest. Mm-hmm. So juicing would help with that. I know fiber is good and we need fiber, but for the healing part, you don't need that much of fiber mm-hmm. because you need your digestive system to rest so that your immune system can work better. Because if you're busy, your digestive system is busy and your other organs are busy working on trying to digest the food that you eat, your immune system doesn't have a chance to do its own work. So the reason I chose 75 days juice was because I wanted to clean out all the fats, animal fat that I accumulated over the years. And so, yeah, the first five days, and I decided to do vegetables because at that point I was like, I read about Dr. Morse, Dr. Robert Morse. Yes, protocol about juicing fruits and only fruits. But I was not, I was skeptical at that time, you know, five and a half years ago, I didn't know as much as I knew now. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I was not sure about the fruit sugar because I read somewhere that, the animal fat in your bloodstream, if you uh, could could create toxins if you add fruit sugars to it. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go vegetables to be on the safe side, you know. So I decided to do veggies only. I threw in one green apple every now and then, you know, to get some good stuff from the apples. But yes, I went for the first five days. I got little headache and a little dizziness. But after the five days when my body got used to the new routine and the new, you know, food consumption, mm-hmm. I became so full of energy. <laughs> like I became oh so energetic. <laughs> so did you and, work under someone or did you like do this all yourself? No, I, I don't work under anyone. The One of the reason is because I love travel. And my husband and I travel a lot and I want to do anything that does not depend on anything. So a lot of people ask me to buy a a water, you know, cleaning system and stuff. But I was like, if I travel to a third country and do I have to bring the whole system with me, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. So I decided to go minimum as much as I can so that I don't depend on anything. Mm-hmm. So that's why I decided to be on my own. And it was fun to kind of test it, you know, to have myself tested because like I said, I was not afraid of death. So any day that I could live out of that was a bonus. <laughs> but if I go there early, it was a big bonus too. So it was I was just having fun with myself, like trying different stuff. And so I made my own protocol. I was not under anyone, but I was I got so energetic. And let me tell you, 
if you feel like sluggish all the time and sleepy all the time, check and see if you got if your digestive system is working too much. Mm. And for eating meat and all of those heavy, you know, like slow digest digested stuff, your body would have to work harder, you know, and and longer to digest all of those stuff. Because the bloodstream would go to your into your digestive system, and so you would feel so you the blood flow would go there and not to your brain or not to other you know sections of the body. That's why you feel sleepy. You don't feel you don't your your loss of you know focus stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But but juicing, oh my gosh, I loved it because it gave you so much energy. So I have four friends, actually three. I'm sorry, three friends coming down to visit me from other states. And they felt sluggish all the time. And I was the sick one, right? I was supposed to be the sick one, right? But I was like the most energetic host ever. So I dragged them around and do did things. And they were like, Lena, we need to rest. <laughs> oh, I so love that, it. So that was during my choosing thing. Oh my gosh, I, I was full of energy. And until now, because I, I consume very little meat, Right, I, I do consume some wild caught meat and and some wild caught salmon on the weekends, but during the week I I just do vegetables and fruits and juicing, wow. so I'm full of energy and people are like, "Wow, Lena, where did you get all the energy from?" You know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this so much. So were you like monitoring yourself, like I don't like getting tumor markers done to see if what you were doing was working? That was a good question. So I decided not to do all that because mammograms, later later on, I found out that mammograms causes cancer, yep. okay? And all of those, you know, bad stuff. CD scan, PET scans, those are the, the contribution to cancer and chronic diseases. So I decided to go thermography. So I had the first one done. So thermography is kind of new to a lot of people. So it's a kind of testing that uses heat to detect the blood flows in your body. So if you have cancer activities in any part of your body, you would see that part of your body appeared as red on the results, on the readings, because the blood flows from would go to that particular area to support the activities of the cancer. So I did one and then just for them to get the baseline of where I was at. So I did one of that and they asked me to come back in three months to compare with the baseline one. And during that three months, I did a crazy thing, okay? So a lot of people were like, oh, honey is not good, okay, for cancer because it contains sugar. Salmon, you know, is acidic. It's not good for you either. And so I was testing myself because I love salmon, I love honey, and I love sweets. So I need to have some sweet in, in my life. And I was thinking that, okay, so honey, you know, natural, unfiltered, raw honey. I consume like, I would say a cup a day. Oh, just honey? to see. Yes, of honey. Just to see how my results going to be on the second test in three months. Because if it got worse, then I would eliminate the, you know, honey from my diet. But if it's got better, that means honey didn't do anything to me. 
So in order to do that, I tested myself. I went crazy. I took risk. So I ate a piece of like three ounces, a three ounce salmon, you know, three ounces of salmon a day and a cup of honey a day for three months. So the second time I came back for the tomography test, they took the test and they asked me, they read the test and they, they asked me to come back in one year because everything looks good. Mm-hmm. No, no activities of cancers. So, so I'm like, okay, so I could consume honey now and then I could consume salmon now. But of course I don't do, the reason I went that crazy was because I got only three months to see, to test myself, right? But for the daily basis, I don't do one cup of honey a day. I just do it, you know, but I know that it doesn't do much harm to you. And after choosing, I learned that, you know, once you eliminate it, once you eliminate it on the animal fat from your bloodstream, the stuff that you, like the sugar, the fruit sugars and everything that you consume doesn't doesn't create toxins anymore because there's no fat in your body anymore to make that bad combination. Mm. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people were like, okay, so I posted a post the other day on my Facebook that a lot of people cut out their sugar, you know, in, in uh, from their diet in order to lower their blood sugar, right? Uh, because they got diagnosed with high blood sugar. So they try to cut off the sugar off of their diet. But th- that was just cutting out the symptoms. Mm-hmm. If you think about the root cause of the blood sugar, the high blood sugar uh, thing, you would understand that meat is also a big contribution to the functionality of the pancreas. So if you reduce on your consumption of meat and the type of meats that you are consuming, you could eliminate high blood sugar disease. Mm. So by cutting off the sugar doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't solve the problem, but you have to look at into the root cause of it. So so after juicing for 75 days, I felt so free of consuming a lot of fruits. You know, I, I was not scared of that, you know, the fruit sugar, you know, theory that a lot of people put out there that, okay, you know, sugar fits cancer and stuff. And then anyway, so back to the test. So I got a test and they were like, oh, no activities of cancer found. Um, you know, that, you know, based on the tomography had a test. So they asked me to, the doctor asked me to come back in one year. And then COVID hit. <laughs> COVID hit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing, what I've been doing, right? So what's the point for me to go back to the testing? Because people ask me if I monitored my health. I'm like, no, not for the past three years. Because I felt like, because every time you got it tested, you got yourself tested, you still go through the emotion, stress, somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you don't want to hear the bad news. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, if you hear the good news, you would be slacking of what you do. You could because you could be like, oh, I'm good now. You know, I could go back to whatever. So I'm like, what's the point of testing? Because I got no choice, no other options, but to do whatever I've been doing anyways. Oh, that's a good word. So, I love so that. I'm, so I'm like, I'm going to leave myself as um, cancer-free. 
person. Yep. When I say cancer free, it's not like cancer. It's not like the cancer free label that the doctors give you. This is the cancer free kind of term, like freedom from cancer. Freedom from cancer, and it's not cancer free because you would never be cancer free. Cancer could live in you. Cancer could could started to develop any time, at any point in your life. It does. So this is a big mistake that I wanted to share with people, um, with you and my friends. So a lot of people got the cancer free label from the doctors, and they were like, "Woohoo! I'm done. I bit that." They call it. Um, you know, I don't want to say it on here, but <laughs> they call it bad names. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So I've been that, you know, over, out of me and I'm good now, you know, I'm cancer free. The doctor says that. So I'm going to go back to whatever, you know, my life I'm going to, but they don't know that cancer free is so misleading mm-hmm. because cancer free, what does it mean? That means you're cancer free for good, for life. No, you can't. Because cancer is just, okay, so what is cancer? Cancer is a development of a normal cell that goes abnormal because of so many reasons. So it could happen at any point in your life. You could be cancer-free right now based on the test, right? But the next day, you know, one cell in your body just decided to, hey, go wild and, hey, I'm going to go party. I'm going to go wild. I'm going to go abnormal, and because cancer doesn't, you know, okay, so let, let me share with you one thing that I would like for, for the audience to, to know is when you got diagnosed with cancer, it doesn't mean that you just got cancer right then and there. It has already developed in you for years mm-hmm. in some cases. Yep. So when you see the symptom, you know, that is when the symptoms can go because ca- some cancers could go years for mm-hmm. the symptoms to be detectable. So it, when you got the diagnosis, it it means that you had already got cancer at any point in your life before that. Mm-hmm. It could go back to like years before that. Yeah. So it, it, that also means that when you get cancer free. It doesn't mean that you're going to free from cancer for good mm-hmm. because cancer could come back. Mm-hmm. The original one or the new cancer could happen. Mm-hmm. So cancer is a blessing to me because now I know how to maintain my healthier self in a different way for life. Yes. Oh, I love that life. you said all this. This is so good. And that that is exactly what we probably need to devote a whole episode to is talking about that because it's not all about ringing the bell and woo, I'm clear of cancer. Like so many people do. And then what do they do? A lot of them go back right back to the same environment that they got sick in. So absolutely true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is so true because a lot of people didn't know the root cause of it. So they just go back to the lifestyle that had caused cancer in the first place. And the sad thing is the doctors don't tell you about it. The doctors don't tell you about the root cause of cancers. They are there to treat your cancers based on the books that they have studied. Exactly. So, And some of the doctors, I mean, I would say all, 
or most, not some, um, they wouldn't tell you anything other than the books that that are given. Yeah. Because they could lose their license if they go out of the book. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is very sad. And uh, a lot of people just, so so knowing cancer from the root cause, you know, and address it with the right tools and, and also maintain it for the rest of your life is very, very important in healing cancer or any other chronic diseases. But in order to do that, you have got to have faith. You got to be confident in what you're doing. You got to study. You got to put yourself to work. You cannot rely your health on other people's hand. I mean, you could if you need more help, professional help, Mm -hmm. but you have to contribute your own work into it. Not just close your eyes and then follow whatever they suggested you to do. That's my advice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's it right there. I always tell my clients is that if you're going to put all of your hope and just basically like be blind and listen and do whatever your doctor says, are you going to be okay with the results that you get by just only following them? So I believe that we have intuition, which is the Holy Spirit. And you know, the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. I've said that on multiple episodes and it's like, God has given us everything that we need to succeed, but a lot of people, they're not willing to. So I love that you said we must be our own researcher. We must be our own advocate and trust God. And that's been my motto, which is what I love about your story. And we're definitely going to have to have you on for another episode. Oh my gosh, this gives people so much hope, Lena. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much to you for having this podcast because without people like you, you know, I don't know where to share my experience and to give them the the hope that they could use in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Erica. You've done a good job. Thank you. Well, I'm all about empowering people and I just, I love your story. And I know I don't know you personally, but I'm so proud of you. I know the Lord is so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for (laughs) guiding me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the show. My prayer is that the podcast encouraged you and filled you with hope. If you loved what you heard today and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Erica Matthews and join my Hope and Healing for Cancer Facebook group. Remember this, anything worth having takes work. See you next week for a new episode.